James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast. Uh, my name is Foss, and I'd like to welcome everybody wherever you're listening to from. Hope you're doing well. Um, and tonight we have a very special podcast for us. Um, we have a special guest for us tonight, George. Um, who we got joining us? Tonight we've got Jakey. It's uh, nice to have you here in the showroom. Yeah, no, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. Um, Jake's a big Magic fan. Yes. We've got him in to talk all things Magic tonight. Um, tell us a little bit about your Magic fascination. Yeah, so I've been a fan since 2009. So I was, they had some of the Magic Lakers games in the finals on Channel 10. And I was watching them and I just kind of fell in love with the uh, Van Gundy system that they had with four out, one in with Howard in there. And I've been a fan ever since. So, so you're yeah. a big, big Howard fan still? Yeah, you know, it's definitely Wax and Wayne when he went to the Lakers and, you know, but, you know, he, he's got a special place as a Magic fan, so... And dropping 87 points in the Taiwanese League yeah. game, so treat yourself. Yeah. All right, <laughs> well, uh, we do have three of the special drinks for our unofficial sponsor this week. We do. So let's just get that underway. How about that? All right, you guys are in for an absolute treat tonight. So I'm going to play a little game. Tell me some of your favorite lollies when you were kids. Oh, like... No, you're the old man in the room here, Foss, so you, we don't need to know about jelly babies back in the 50s, but if you... What, what well, were some of the things growing up? I was actually going to say hard-boiled raspberry drops from Sovereign Hill in Ballarat. I mean, delicious, but... Oh, mate, they're, they're from like the 1800s, yeah. so now we're even going further back. That does just outdate you, only just... Jakey, anything? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking nerds and gobstoppers, all those like high all right, sugar ones. We're getting close. We're getting close. They were big in my childhood. Oh, it's not a nerd flavour. It's drink, not quite, it? but you have both have very puzzled looks on your faces. Yeah. All right, Jakey, you get the honours first. Tonight's very, very unofficial drink sponsor is Warhead Sours Black Cherry Soda. Wow. This is gonna, dude, this is going to be disgusting. Foss, you've got blue raspberry soda. Blue raspberry soda. And I've got watermelon soda. So nice. uh, enjoy. All right, let's get into it. Cheers. Right, cheers, boys. Cheers. Oh, I'll taste that on my finger. Oh, yeah, that's uh, unique. That's not horrible. Yeah, mine's. mine's that's not horrible. Mine's palatable. For a super sour drink, mine is not very sour. No, mine's not overly sour. But like if you've ever had a warhead and it's got past the sour bit and you've got just to the lolly bit, that's what mine tastes like. It's a really nice aftertaste. Yeah. It I'm, kicks you first time, but... Look, I think this this might be a surprising one. This one might actually get finished as well. I thought we were going to go down the, uh, the path of the uh, root beers, but... Looks like it got better reviews. You were warning me that I was going to need the chaser from this, and I don't think I will. I did think they were going to be disgusting. I'm not going to lie. It's not horrible. I, I don't mind it. All right, I'll remember that for next time. I'll try harder. Yeah, it's a... Rudy had his uh, hands on Clay's neck, and that's why Draymond went after Rudy. And big thanks to Steve Kerr for joining us again unofficially tonight. 
Um, before we move on to our top threes, Voss, I think it's important to tell our listeners that uh, in that ad break, we actually sampled all of the beverages. And just in case you were wondering, the black cherry soda is definitely the sourest, followed by watermen- watermelon soda and the blue raspberry soda. I so. feel like I got stitched up with the blue soda because it wasn't very sour. Yeah, that's just unlucky. Yours is just genuinely nice. Yeah. Like, I'm not complaining. No, I'm, yeah. I'm going to drink it. But. but I think Jakey definitely got the most sour, but also he, he nailed it. It has a nice aftertaste. But that's enough about our unofficial Warhead Sour beverage sponsor for the week. It's time to get into our top threes. So, Foss, what are we doing this week? All right. So, we thought we'd change it up a bit from our normal top threes um, and just go with a bit more of a player focus. So, I've decided to take a couple of players that I think are either undervalued in the East or um, are having seasons, either breakout seasons or not very good seasons. Um, and I've got one of each. So that's my three that I'm going through. And to start with, I'm going to be talking about Peyton Pritchard. Um, so if people that don't know, Peyton Pritchard comes off the bench for the Boston Celtics. Um, and he's a 6'1 uh, point guard um, who was drafted late in the first round. Um, and he's 25 coming out of Oregon. And I just love the way that guy plays. He is a glue guy for the Boston Celtic. Um, and he didn't get much of a go last year. He was playing behind Marcus Smart and Derek White. Um, only managed to get in 48 games last year, but it has played in every game for Boston so far this year in their run. Um, and I just love the way he plays. He like, he's a hustler out there. He shoots high percentage shots. He makes the right plays. He certainly earned his minutes, man. You said it like moving on from Marcus Smart, which we all kind of questioned and went, wow, this is huge. He's their heart and soul of the team. But Pritchard's really stepped up in his absence. I know they've brought in Drew, but he's still playing exceptionally well. Yeah. Yeah, he's just one of those players that Boston need to um, really push it to the next level and really win the finals, I reckon. If they've got him coming off the bench, it can be a 15, 20-point scorer. Is really what they need. A little bit of injury protection too. We keep talking about health for all the teams. So having a guy like that is super important. Look, his stats don't jump off the page. When you're looking at it, and he's averaging six points, three rebounds, three assists, and only shooting 40% from the field. But he does the one percenters. He does the yeah. things out there that teams need that go unnoticed. Coaches notice him, but normally not is there, fans. Does he remind you of anyone else? Either current or, or played previously? Um, not just, off the top of my head. I was just thinking if there's anyone we can compare him to. It's a little bit of like Alex Caruso, that sort of thing with the Lakers, like that glue guy. Yeah. That just did a bit of everything and everyone was like, wow, like we need him. And, and Pritchard's certainly that guy for Boston. Yeah. All right. We're heading west now. A team that we probably need to focus on in coming weeks, um, good reasons and bad, uh, is Oklahoma City. So the first, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going to look at two guys for there tonight but the first one is Jalen Williams greedy greedy I know not giddy greedy but hey anyway Jalen Williams he's a, a six foot five wing that he's long he's got the ridiculous wingspan he's covering multiple positions he's uh his numbers are certainly up in all facets this season he's an 18 four and four player he's playing about 30 35 minutes a night um I think he needs to up his rebounding. But I know a, last year they played him at center a lot. They did. They did go undersized, undersized with him. Yeah. And now I think he's playing more of that 4-3 role for him. Yep. And that's why I think his efficiency has gone up. Yep. If he can K, if he can stay out of foul trouble, he, he's going to be a very important piece for them moving forward with their push towards the playoffs. 
Yeah, 100% agree. He um, is playing well and is is built. Like, he's one of those players, like, I've watched him play and then you see him in an interview and you're like, wow, that kid actually looks like he's 18. Yeah. Where I thought he was a man because his body is built. But he's he's that prototype NBA wing that all all teams love. He's long, he's rangy, he's athletic, gets his hands in the right places. He, he's got a big future in the league. Oh, he's got to be a star. I reckon when I watch him, he's playing at his own tempo. And that's a really big thing for a young player. If he's just doing it at his own speed, gets what he wants, it's just upwards from here, really, for him. Great rookie season, and he's making a jump in his second. 100%. All right, next in the East um, is a bit of a downer. Um, and I'm talking about Jordan Poole. Oh, man, I thought we were going to rag on James Hunt. But Consistently okay, let's go, let's go. inconsistent. <laughs> um, How long before he's out of the NBA? Look, I still think he'll he'll hang around. Um, as I did see something today um, before we were recording this podcast where he was actually paying a heap of attention in timeouts because I think he knows that he... Because he knows his head's on the chopping he block. He knows his head's on the chopping block, so he's trying to raise his profile a bit. Um, yeah. But Is it going to be too bit or too late? I know it's not just his fault, but at the moment, plus minus, playing for the Wiz... Um, he has a negative 199 plus minus. Is there anyone worse in season. the league? No. There you go. He is the worst. Shooting 39% field goals overall and 29 for three. Um, and Washington's front office has literally come out and they're like, we don't see a future with Jordan Poole. Um, he's he's on, the tra- on the trading block. Let's trade him for a packet of donuts and a washing machine at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I had higher hopes for him going to Washington. Like, he had that playoff run for the Warriors, and it was like, oh, this guy is going to be good. And it's just... But everyone knows that playing with Steph and Clay makes it a bit easier. Chris yeah. Paul's come out recently and said that. Yeah. So... And getting punched in the face by Draymond Green, you know, that, that's not ideal, but... That'll pull, that'll pull you in the line, though. You'd hope so. But look, going to somewhere like Washington probably... Whilst, yes, he can be the star, but... Maybe his attitude and his commitment isn't quite there. And you got to win games for the points to look good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. All right, back back west with me. We're going to another OKC player. Isaiah Joe is someone I want to talk about uh, for a couple of reasons. Look, he's a six three guard. He's his fourth season in the league. His numbers aren't great. Like he's literally eleven two and one. But he's been shooting the heck out of the ball those last few weeks. You can guarantee that in a game that he comes in, he's probably going to get two to three three-pointers for you. Oh, he's had games of seven of seven and multiple games of four and five. So it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, but minimum. If, even, yeah. even playing limited minutes, he'll get you a couple of buckets. It's it's ridiculous. Um, it's been a huge scoring punch off the bench for them so far this season. And, and that was part of their criticism last year is... Once you got past their top probably six or seven players. Yeah. I know Chet was injured last year um, and they were up and down. But once you got past their first, their starting unit, they didn't have much of a punch. No, absolutely. And he's certainly giving that that offensive punch at the moment. And his role might increase in the coming weeks, depending on certain circumstances, which we're not going to talk about here. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see, like, Okay, see, they've got the war chest of picks and, you know, the biggest criticism criticism is, are they going to capitalise on that? It really seems a lot of these guys they're picking up are really, you know, hitting the mark so they can really, you know, 
put it together because they're up to what's second in the West now. So that's something you didn't expect OKC to be this early on. So no, I didn't. We didn't expect that at all. All right, my third is another good news story out of the East, and shout out to the New York Knicks, my team. But I'm going to talk about RJ Barrett. Um, bit of biased here, but I think it's warranted this season with um, RJ. Dude, as much as you're a one-eyed Knicks fan, I'm a hundred percent here with you. Yeah, this is, this is absolutely warranted. He's been balling. Yeah, and respect to the Knicks, they kept him around um, through his first couple of seasons where he might have struggled a little bit, coming very highly recruited out of college. Um, uh, but coming off his bronze medal win in FIBA for Canada, um, having his best shooting year of his young career. Um, and he at the moment, he's averaging about 20 points a game mm-hmm. and shooting 45% field goals overall and 49% for three which for RJ like in his he struggled majorly as a shooter in his first three seasons so for him to come out now um, and he's had a five game stretch where he was shooting over 50% for three pointers his shooting has improved dramatically in the off season Um, I know that the Knicks obviously have Evan Fournier sitting on the bench who's not playing and it's probably Barrett that's keeping him there yeah Um, and the front office in in New York must have saw something in him um, eventually yeah. because they moved on Knox, they moved on Neil Akina, um, and other other young players that are, are going to get their time somewhere else potentially, but they they had faith that RJ was going to develop. Yeah, he had pretty good pedigree coming out of Duke, so and it's good to see he's really kind of coming along with. Oh, that you're not, you're not a Duke supporter as well, are you? No, no. Oh, okay. Shout uh, out to JJ Redick. Yeah, loves his Duke. We might tag his podcast. Yeah, why not? Oh, man, in the three, get on it. It's a great podcast, actually. All right, last one for me coming out of the West in Portland is Shaden Sharp. Now, initially, I was thinking this kid's just not progressing the way people were expecting to. But the more I look into it, for a number seven pick in the draft in his second season in a trash Blazers team that are going for a youth movement, he's actually starting to bowl. Can Aver- jump out of the gym. He can. He's averaging 17 points, five rebounds, three assists, and he's actually second overall for the team in those three statistical categories. Like it's, he, he's doing really well without Dame, without Scoot, without Anthony Simons. There's a there's a lot of expectations. Did he have and, a slight injury there? The yeah, he did earlier in the season. Um, Brogdon's obviously had some injuries too for Portland, and they've lost Williams. But for a six-five wing with a, with a lot of potential on a terrible Portland team, there, there could be you know some really good positives coming out of this for him. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said there. Um, yeah, he's got everything to be a star. You know, he can shoot it, dribble, can really explosive athlete. You know, he puts it all together. He's really going to be a two guard to really and he could fit really nicely next to Scoot. Yeah, a really great combo. Yeah, and like with Scoot's injury, he um, really hasn't proven himself much in the NBA. No, not yet. At the moment. Not yet. He's just coming back this week. So it'll be interesting to... That, that's a bit of a watch this space. I mean, you just can't make this up. Thanks for that, Stephen A. Smith, uh, for our little break in between our segments here. And now we've got our reason that we have our special guest here today. We have Jake here to do a little bit of spotlight on a team that all three of us are really enjoying watching at the moment, the Orlando Magic. Yeah, it's been great. It's a season where we've finally had some genuine hope for the future. You know, ever since Dwight Howard was traded away, it's been pretty desolate as a Magic fan. Um, we had a bit of hope there. I reckon 2019, game one of the playoffs when we beat Toronto, 
I was like, all right, we might do something here, and then we lost four one and just fell away to win it. And but yeah, it's really great to see what we're doing. Um, it's you know we're eleven five now, six straight wins. We've beaten Denver and Boston in those six. Second as well. in the East, big wins. Second in the East. Yep. Um, especially you know, and those were full strength. Oh, Boston didn't have Pazingas. But, for the second half. Yeah. Um, and Holiday was out for that one. But yeah. you've still got Brown and Tatum. They're two of the highest paid players are in Boston. Yeah, yeah, let's not make excuses. They We're still not making excuses. Yeah. They no, still beat They still them. beat them, 100%. Yeah. And I watched that game uh, yesterday too. Um, and I, I'm just impressed with the way they're playing. Like, their young players are playing veteran basketball. Yeah. And it's it's just really good to watch. Yeah, they're, and they're really doing it on defense. You know, I think coming into the season, we were expected to be a good but not great defense and a below average offense, which, you know, they were going to put us in you know, 30 to 35 wins. And I think hopefully we can really eclipse that now. It's So what have been, what have, what have been some of your highlights as a Magic fan so far? Uh, just how they've done it with some of the injuries we've had. So, because the, the lineup of faults, Suggs, Wagner, Bancara and Carter have a net rating of plus 13. Yep. Suggs, Suggs underrated player. He's, he's going under the radar. Yeah, really stepped up. I think a lot of people said that was a bit of a wasted draft pick, but now he's really kind of stepped it up. He's in a, a dog on defense. and I think another one like Barrett, though, like they've put trust in him that he's going to develop. Yeah. Especially when you draft young players, teams need to realize that they're not going to be superstars out of the gate. Especially like point guards, the guys yep. that have the ball. You know, He's probably a bit more of a two, especially with faults in the team. Got him time, and he's really starting to develop now. But uh, with that as well, uh, our bench with Cole Anthony, Harris, Ingles, Isaac, and Mo Wagner, Barnes' brother, uh, they've got a net rating of 12.3. I didn't so, realize Mo Wagner has been in the league for six years now. Yeah. Like, I remember him coming in out of college, out of Michigan, um, playing for the Lakers. Yeah. They Lakers drafted him, yeah. but I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah, he was really on the fringe of rotations, and then... When Franz was drafted, we picked him up on like a minimum or something. Yeah, I was going to say, how did he end up in Orlando then? I didn't remember that. But I actually heard this yesterday. He actually went to Boston and played in a trade and played six games for them. And then they waived his contract. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, Magic picked him up for pennies. Yeah, he was pretty much out of the league and he's just blossomed. Once again, another player from FIBA coming in in form. Yeah. Absolutely. And look... I think one of the things for Orlando that can't be understated at the moment is it, they got a great coach in Jamal Moosley. Like yeah. he's only a young fella. He, he did play out here in Australia actually, back in two early two thousands. Yep. Um, played for the Victorian Titans or Giants, whatever they were called back in the day, um, before making the transition to coaching, which he's been doing since two thousand and five. So he, he's been around and, and knows what he's doing, and it. I think that's definitely helping. And we love to see Joe Ingles out there playing, healthy again, getting those minutes, running that second unit for the Magic. Um, he was playing that point forward for him yesterday um, when I watched the game and and was that leader. He is a calm head for them um, and helps their three-point sh- uh, shooting percentage as well. You can see why they threw a buck a load of money at him. Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly what we needed. You know, With our shooting, it was going to be terrible this year, but it's been better than expected. You know, I think people were going to say we're going to be the worst three-point shooting team in the league, which definitely hasn't been the case. Uh, yeah, you're only, you were 25th in three-point shooting last season um, with 
you know, your percentage wasn't great. But the biggest problem was in a league where teams can take upwards of 53s in a game is that Orlando was only averaging 31 yeah. three-point attempts per game. And that has increased slightly this season. It's closer to 36, but it's still got room for improvement in that particular aspect. Yeah. And you still got players um, like, oh, I forgot his name, big fella. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, that's the guy. Um, who's still on minutes restriction. Like he's yeah. only playing 15 minutes a game because they don't want him to get injured. Yeah. He has had such a horrible run, but they're still holding on to him. Like they got rid of um, Mo Bamba. Um, Wendell Carter's injured. Wendell Carter's injured, but they're still hopeful that Isaac can come around. And he guarded as a seven-foot player, 6'11", whatever he is, um, Jason Tatum yesterday and shut him down. Like... It was, That's impressive. it was really hard to see in those 15 minutes that he was on the court guarding um, Jason Tatum. I think I didn't think Tatum might have got two shots. Yeah, I think prior to the run of injuries, he was a lock-in for all defense. Yeah. He was leading the league in stocks, so blocks and steals. And the commentators were talking about Jason Tatum not having someone of that size move so freely and be able to lock him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I think that can't be understated for Orlando is the development of Pablo Banquero. He had a great tournament in FIBA and he's continued all season. Yeah, he's really taking that, I'm going to be the number one option for this team. You know, the one-two punch of him and Wagner really putting pressure on other teams. They just attack the rim relentlessly. Big, strong, athletic dudes. Yeah. But as, as a uh, number one draft pick and a leader... He wasn't demanding the ball yesterday and was allowing other players to get their shots, which takes a lot for somebody to be drafted that high and not demand the ball, especially in a team of younger players. Um, but when he did get it, he was very effective. In um, what context is he not demanding the ball? Are you are you looking at that? I didn't see the game, so that's why I'm asking. Was it like he had a mismatch and he wasn't demanding the ball? Was it no, like, no, if, like if, clock like, situations? Was it game on the line? Like he was, he, they were just running through the plays. Like they're not coming down and they're not giving it to him running ISO. Um, if there was, like they're running screens and if he was getting the mismatch, they're looking for him in the post and that, like, just he was getting the ball as part of their offense. So, would you like to see more plays developed for him? No, because they're playing or, or well. You like him. It, you I like, like the way. fact he's not yep. demanding the ball. Yeah. I like the fact that he plays as part of their offense. So, you got a superstar player not playing like a superstar and, and demanding it. Yeah. yeah he wicked. plays as part of their offense and still gets his shots. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that brings that back to your point with Jamal Mosley as a coach. I think yeah. he's really got that demeanor in the players early on in their career going as a team, you know, we're functioning as an offense because you see it a lot with those young players, number one draft picks, the ball gets in their hands, everything stops and they do their move. He's just... Because they know, play street yard basketball. Yeah. And he's... Just and in they, the flow. And they've been told they're going to be the best player in the league since they were like 12 years old. Yeah. And Jason Tatum's one. Like, a lot of the time with the Celtics, as good of a player he is, as soon as he gets the ball, their offense becomes a bit stagnant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's probably still the biggest knock on Boston, but um, we're not here to talk about them. We're not here to talk. We're talking about the Magic. Yeah. We're getting. I know we're getting close to the end of the, the segment, but I just wanted to ask you both, what, what do they need? What what what's the piece that Orlando need to put them into either that next tier or over the edge for for playoffs and not into the play in? What do you guys think? 
I think it's almost making sure they don't make a mistake. I think there's whispers about trading for someone like a Levine. I think something like that would set us back. If they make that wrong choice of going, all right, we're going to package this player in a few picks to try and get us to that next level, I don't think we're at that stage yet. I think it's more of a just sitting on what we've got, hoping to develop it in a couple years, then making that decision now. It's not rushing the process. And I 100 agree with the Magic Expert. They need to just keep building on what they have. Let the players develop. Let them grow as a team. Maybe try to pick something up through the draft or the off-season when you've got free agency, but they need to pick up the right piece. So picking up Ingles in the off-season, as much as we laughed about how much he was getting paid, he has been the right fit for them. Absolutely has. Absolutely. And that's what they need to do. They need to wait for that right piece. At the moment... I reckon you could probably get maybe one other center and let one of their centers go that um, is a bit more reliable. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Is What about a, a 3 and D sort of player? I think they've already got that. They've got enough? They've already got that with like Suggs, um, Ingles. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, we've also got a couple guys like Truma OKK. Jet Howard we picked up in the draft. Like yeah. We've got a lot of 3 and D guys that are developing. So it might be develop internally for now and then... A one, like a point guard that could really set the tempo offensively. Like I reckon you know, Cole Anthony's going to turn that in for you. Yeah, I think he's, you know, he could. I think his ceiling at the moment, though, is really just being that guy off the bench. I think every team needs an SGA anyway. Yeah, you know, last year when there were the trade talks around Jordan Poole, I was like, oh... I think he would be interesting. Now I'm completely down on that, and thank God. But I think you're right, Jakey. I think you made a good point. Zach Levine is not the right fit there. Yeah. As much as he'll give you scoring punch, he doesn't give you anything else. Yeah, and a lot of teams fall into that trap where they start smelling the playoffs, and they go, all right, let's push all in, let's get this player, and go, well, you know, if we win 45 games and send off three draft picks and... Mm. Get a player like that, you know, it's not, we're not going to win the finals, you know, that's really the ultimate goal. And if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor and go back and look at Cole Anthony's alley oop from the weekend. It is massive for a 6 3 dude. Yep. Bang! Bang, Mike Breen. All right. So, George. Yes, sir. In season tournament update. Go. That's it. I'm taking over for the last segment of the show uh, for this pod. So we've got a quick tourney update. So for those playing at home, each conference has three groups, A, B, and C. So we'll just give a quick update on where things stand at the moment. There's one more day of tournament play to come this week before the finalists and the wildcards are sorted. But in East Group A, Indiana have clinched their spot in in the playoffs. Uh, and Detroit so far are the only team that are eliminated. In the B section, uh, Washington eliminated, and that's it, but no one has clinched it yet. You've got Milwaukee, the Knicks, Miami, and Charlotte to fight that one out on the final day. In the C group, uh, same again. It hasn't been clinched by anyone, but Toronto and Chicago have been knocked out. So you've got Orlando, Boston, and Brooklyn to, to sort that one out. Over in the West, in Group A, the Lakers have won their way through with Utah, Portland, and Memphis already knocked out. In B, 
Denver, Dallas, and the Clippers are cooked with the Pelicans in Houston. One of those guys will go through guaranteed. Um, and then in the C group, Sacramento, Minnesota, Golden State are still fighting for automatic qualification with OKC and the Spurs knocked out. So that's where it stands at the moment. Like I said, one more day of play to go where the top teams will be finalized from the remaining groups and then the two wild cards sorted out. And I'm going to have to re-listen to that because I was not paying attention to anything that you just That's said. because you're more focused on what's coming next, which is our little uh, our first ever little game we're going to play, really. Because we do have the special guest here. we got Jakey in uh, makes- for, his, for his magic knowledge, but we thought it'd be fun to finish this uh, podcast with a bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do is you've, I've got ten, 10 trivia questions. I've taken both of your phones off of you. Um, Jake's going to keep an eye on the computer screen to make sure that Foss isn't Googling answers. It's, whilst it's like we're at school, mate. Basically, yeah. this is important, man. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to put up a scoreboard up here in the recording studio. I'll keep my hands up. I think that's only fair. It's only fair. All right. How, do we, how do we buzz in here? All right. I just want names. Just names? So, All right. Yep. So let's have a little practice, Foss. Foss. Jakey? Jake. That'll work. I'm the judge. What I say rules. Yeah. All right. So first question. Who wears jersey number 13? Okay, number 13 for Miami. Foss. Fossil? Is it Triple J? Miami. Yeah. Which? Jacques Jr. No. That was going to be my guess. (laughs) Um, Foss. Foss. Go. Duncan Robinson. Are you literally just going to go through every player? Do I have to give clues? Yeah, give us a clue. Yeah, you might a, need to. He's a big man. Bam. It's not... Thank you. Jake. Oh, yeah. I thought he... Oh, no, he wouldn't be three. Of course he wouldn't be We third. know that he goes under the radar as being... As exactly. No one so else. I couldn't think of... I'm like, all right. I, all I could think of Jimmy Buckets. All right. Foss, you got one. You didn't buzz in, but you still get one. All right. Next one. The team is Orlando. Uh-oh. Number seven. Foss. Want, I was about to say, do you want to give the old man a crack? Jake, I, I think right, I know, Foss. but I'll let you go. It's not Ingles. It is Ingles. Yes. yes. All right, two for Foss. I remember that yesterday. Right. Yeah, because when you said seven, I hesitated because he's only played, you know, 16 or so games. I hasn't really cemented in my mind yet. <laughs> I was like, seven. Crap. Right. Last one of these uh, who wears the number game. New York. Okay. So the Knicks. All right. 23. Foss. Go. Uh, Mitchell Robinson. It is. All right. Three zip, unfortunately. Come on, Jake. Not a good start. Now, Foss, you've, you've already admitted you think you're going to struggle with this one. So I'm just going to give it straight to Jake. So you got to wait until he gets to uh, have a crack at this one. Who's the coach of Utah? Utah. He's a young fella. Like all of us in the... Well, maybe not you, Jakey, but Foss and I are definitely older than him. Yes. I've got his face. I'm trying to remember know? the name. Um, this he was in. He was in I the can, media. I can see his face too. Okay, he was in. He was in the press uh, maybe last weekend because they were interviewing LeBron. LeBron's older than him, and LeBron's older than him. Yeah, yep, but I couldn't tell you his name. Yeah, if I give you initials, will that help? No. Is, is, is his first name Will? It is Will. Yeah. Okay. Surname starts with an H. It's five letters. It's all yours, Jakey. Is it? Will Hardy? It is. Bing, yeah. bing, bing. Jake is on the board. I wouldn't have got that. All right. That's why I put it in there. All right. Next question. Who is the second oldest player in NBA history 
to record a triple double. This is from all time. Jake. Go. It's LeBron. It is. For double points, bonus point, who's the oldest? Foss. Hakeem. Nope. Robinson. Nope. You didn't buzz in. You're out. Jake? Is it Jason Kidd? Nope. Do we need a clue? Yep. Um, played for two teams, tried to chase at the end of his career to get a ring, blew his knee out, played till he was over 40. Oh, Foss. Go. Gary Payton. Close. Other guy. I know it is. Same, 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 same team, but different player. Do you know? No. No. Come alone. That's all. I was. I was about to say that, but ah, oh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't guess they, that. They both went to the Lakers it, together. He doesn't come to my mind when you say players with triple doubles. He's not he, one that he was forty years old. Wow. Yeah. All right. LeBron will beat that most likely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So how many? What's the score? What's it's the, what? Three to the fossil, and we got two for Jakey. All right. All right. And how many we got left? Uh, one, two, three, four. Four more questions, and then I'm finishing with a who am I. All right, let's do it. Next question. Which NBA team is housed in the Capital One Arena? Eastern Conference team. Foss. Go. Washington Wizards. Correct. Well done, Foss. All right, next question. So the next three questions are... uh, I'm just going to give you a, uh, a category. You've got to tell me who's got the highest score amount of rebounds, steals, et cetera, et cetera. For this so, season. For this season, as we stand, when I did my research for this. Okay. Who scored the most points in a game? Jake. Was it Tyrese Maxey's 55? Did he get 55? No, he got, 50. he got like 52. Or yeah, that's why I'm shaking yeah. my hand. I think he got 55. Oh, okay. Um, Very close with the points, though. Giannis? It is Giannis with 54. Oh. Yep. All right. Because, yeah, I think Maxey was 52 or 53. Yeah, he was ah, just okay. under. All right, have you drank? All right, who has good, the but- who has the most assists in a game? Jake, that's CP three for Golden State, right? Tyrese Halliburton. Keep guessing. Your go. Wow, Western assists. Conference. Western mm. Conference. Yep. Bonus points if you can tell me how many you got in the game. Is it Sabonis? Nope. Oh, that didn't buzz in either. But he is, but he's a big dude. Oh, a big dude. Jake. Go, Jake. Oh, Jokic? Yeah. Yeah. 18. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Don't know who it was against. That went under the radar. I yeah. feel like I have not seen that. Yeah. All right. When you start talking about assists, I don't normally start thinking about the Joker. No. Well, he normally gets like 10 to 13 I know. very yeah, consistently. He can do it very easily. But, but yeah. most. In, yeah. But he doesn't yeah. like touch that 20 barrier too often. Yeah. All right. Last one of these. I've lost track of the scores. I, th- I think it's 3 all. Four all, I think. Four all. Four all. We'll run with four all because I got two more questions. Who's got the most steals in a game? Foss. Go. Um, is it Jimmy Buckets? Nope. Western Conference. Talked about their team a lot tonight. He's one of my favorite players. He's going to be an all star. He's an MVP candidate. Jake. Go. Shay. You got it. I mean, Seven. if you didn't get that, I had it. Seven. Seven. Seven yeah. Because I was going to say, I reckon Jalen Suggs had a seven steal game as well. Could well have. Could well have. All right. Last one. Who am I? All right. Born February 29th, 2000. He was born in Milwaukee. Buzz in when you have, want to have a crack, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's six foot five. He's a point guard. 
He was the 12th pick in the 2020 draft out of Iowa State University. Point guard. Point guard. All rookie first team in 2021. Do we have any ideas yet? No. I feel like there's someone on the tip of my tongue. This this will get you closer. He played for Team USA in FIBA. Led the team in steals and assists. Foss. Jake. Oh. Well, Foss was just in. Not Halliburton? Bing, yeah. bing, bing. Yes. The next one was going to be drafted by Sacramento and traded to Indiana. Yeah. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton. So, Foss, I believe that makes you our winner of our first ever quiz. Congratulations. Well played, Jake. Well played. Ah, wasn't too close in the end. <laughs> my town is to South Beach and um, join the Miami Heat. Miami Heat. That was the conclusion you woke up with this morning. That was the conclusion I woke up with this morning. Why? Thanks for making it at the end of another one of the Buckets of Beard podcast. Once again, we are really enjoying doing this. We're having heaps of fun. We hope you guys are enjoying the listening as well. And thanks to our first guest of the pod, Jakey. Thanks for joining us today, mate. No, thanks for having me. I'm glad I got on before a beverage company sponsors you and it becomes a hour of you talking about different soft drinks. An so. official sponsor rather than unofficial. Yeah, so glad I got on before that. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, check us up on Instagram at Buckets and Beards. Um, anything you want to leave it out with, George? Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip.